Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. life. Your parents have not led a perfect life. Your children are not living a perfect life. You have not led a perfect life. And so something needed to be done about that. And what Jesus did, what Jesus did, as we've been talking about the past few weeks, is he has undone through the death on the cross, through his, uh, uh, through his process of going to the cross, is he has undone everything that the devil did to curse us. You understand that a curse is real? A curse is is impactful on your life because it brought sin into your life. It brought disease into our life. The curse of sin brought shame into your life. The curse of sin brought death. And so everything Jesus did undid each thing that sin brought into our lives. Let me read this verse to you. Verse 13, Colossians chapter 2, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now we just need to stop there and say amen. Amen. He's forgiven you. It doesn't matter what you've done. He's forgiven you. It doesn't matter who you are. He's forgiven you. There's no, there's, no, anyone, there's no one here who is more special or less special than anybody else. He has forgiven everybody today. I want you to hear that. He has forgiven you. Amen? Having wiped out, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over them in it. In other words, he took on the devil and he won. Praise God. Praise God. He took on the devil and won. Anybody ever got into a fight when they were younger? Yeah. I got in my share of fights. Because that's what boys do, right? That's what boys do. We just get into fights. I don't know why. It's just who we are. I will tell you that most of my fights did not end well for me. <laughs> it, did, it didn't end well for me. Or So there's a couple that did, and, and uh, maybe because they were much, much, much younger than me. But I still, I won, right? And so, but most of my fights didn't end well for me. And, and there was, all, you know, there's always someone in your life who was a bully, who always, who always come against you, was picking on you, right? I'm going to tell you this morning, the devil is nothing more than a big bully who's been picking on you, but Jesus has come in and silenced and defeated that big bully. 
He has come into your life and he is saying, I am here now to provide you relief and peace against that old bully, that old serpent, the devil. He is here to make things right for you. He is is here to bring peace to your heart. He is here to bring joy to your life. Man, they talk about Christmas being the season of joy. I don't know a lot of people who actually have joy. Do you? You walk around Fred Myers and it looks like it's the grumpy convention. Except for you can't really see it because of the mask or whatever, right? But you can just tell people are they're spending money, they're not really happy, and you wonder, is there happiness anymore? I'm gonna tell you, brothers and sisters, this morning, there is happiness for those who know Jesus. Amen. There is happiness for those who know the Lord is their Savior. There is happiness for those who know Jesus and have them in his life. And they may go through periods of sorrow or hurt or or frustration, but their happiness knows that their joy is the strength of the Lord. Amen? I want you to understand this morning that Jesus came for the sole reason of delivering you from sin, for lifting you up, letting you know that it's going to be okay no matter what you're going through. He has undone sin in your life. Amen? He has undone it. First of all, we need to understand where sin came from. I want you to understand, sin did not come from Eve. Eve might have been the first one to taste the apple, but sin did not come from Eve. Sin came from Adam. Bible says this, Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, Remember I said that earlier, that we've all sinned? Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who was a type of him who was to come. In other words, Adam messed up. Adam brought sin. Adam changed the course and the history of the world. Adam changed everything. When he took a bite of the apple, or whatever it was, it might have been fruit. We don't know what it was. My personal belief is that it was a tomato. Amen? Because <laughs> I hate tomatoes. You guys know that. When I was younger, my, my dad made me a sandwich for lunch. I don't know why he did this. Maybe he didn't. You know how dads do things and they mess up and they, they know they don't have to ever do it again? My dad made me a mayonnaise and tomato sandwich, and it was heavy on the mayonnaise. And I, I thought, and I was, I don't know, I was, I was maybe five or six years old. I was in school, and I brought the sandwich to school, and I opened it up, and I was so disgusted, I almost threw up. But there was another kid there who liked tomato sandwiches. So I gave him my sandwich, and I took whatever he had. I don't remember what it was. I just wanted a tomato sandwich, right? In other words, I'm getting off topic. I'm going to go down the road. We understand that it probably was not a tomato. We don't know what it was. It was just a fruit. But he took that, and he ate it. But here's the difference with Eve. Eve was deceived, but Adam knew what he was doing. He took that fruit from Eve because Eve says, I want you to eat this. And he took it knowing that that was going to usher sin in the world. In other words, he rebelled against God. Brothers and sisters, how many times do we know that we're about to do something wrong and we do it anyway? Don't we? 
Don't we? We know we shouldn't be watching that thing on Facebook, but what do we do? We watch it. We know we shouldn't be watching that thing on YouTube, but what do we do? Oh, I'm just going to watch one more thing, and then three hours later, we don't know what happened. Pastor, I don't have time to read the Bible. I know, because you're always on YouTube, right? <laughs> or whatever, kind of Facebook or whatever. My, my, my uh, grandfather-in-law used to call it Facebook. <laughs> He was confused in MySpace and Facebook, but I actually think he's kind of right. Right, you know, it's Facebook, right? Or, you know, there's other things that we do, and, and we, we know that what we're doing is wrong, right? We know, we know that when you press down that gas pedal a little bit and you're going faster than what you're supposed to be because you're late, we know that's wrong, right? But we do it, right? We know when we, we're about ready to say a bad word, and, and there's a moment there. There's a moment that we know what we're about to do, but we do it anyway, don't we? See, that's sin. That's what Adam did. Adam was fully conscious of what he was about to do. And I want you to understand, that's the sin that Jesus died for. That even though we struggle with things, and even though we purposely do something, Jesus died for that sin. Unfortunately, what happens, though, is if we commit that sin over and over and over and over again, our minds, according to Romans chapter 1, our minds become seared, and we do it without thinking about it. We do it without even considering it because it just becomes a habit. I'm telling you, that's not what God wants for us. And I want you to know, because the price that Jesus paid, it was so much more than the penalty. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 17 but the free gift is not like the offense. In other words, what Jesus did for you is not like what we did, the offense that we did. See, our sin is an offense to God. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Let me put that in simpler terms. By one man, many died. But by one, he died for the many. Are you with me? You tracking me? In other words, what Adam did, what Adam did, it caused everyone in the world to die. Now let me explain what death means here. People think that that means physical death. No, that actually means separation from God. Because everybody understands here, just because you may die physically, your spirit goes one place or your soul goes one place. You either go to hell or you go to heaven. Amen. You will live forever. You just have to pick the location. I'm going to say that one more time because maybe you weren't with me. You're going to live forever. You just have to choose the right location. Amen. I understand that. Has anybody ever gotten burned before? Yeah, does it feel good? Yeah, it doesn't, does it? The other day, back when we could burn stuff in our yard, I, uh, I was trying to burn some wood, and the wood was really wet. And I had this bright idea, put a bunch of gas on the wood. Put the gas on. Didn't seem like enough, so I put more gas. Seemed like enough, I put more gas now, this is why I'm not allowed to handle power tools. <laughs> so I took my handy dander lighter that I had, and I went, and I figured there's going to be a little bit of, you know, fire because I put the gas on there just a little bit. And so I went to light it, 
And for whatever reason, I kind of bent over. Yeah. Now, my wife's instruction to me before I did this, she goes, don't be stupid. You can determine whether or not I was stupid. So I bent over, and I, and I lit it like this, and I don't remember much more. Other than when I was done, I had no eyebrows. And my hair was crispy. And once you get my age, keeping your hair is kind of a big deal. I started coming through my hair, and all I could hear was, it was coming out. It was crispy. My wife come out and says, something smells like roast pork. What is that? Right? And that's why I can't grow a beard now. Actually, I never have been able to grow a beard, but that's none of the but it's just, I burned myself. And I thought to myself, man, that hurt. It was like blinding light. And, and even, my, even my eyelashes got burnt. And I could have really injured myself. I could have lost my eyesight. I could have, you know, any number of things could have happened. And I thought to myself, as I was doing this, this is not a bright idea. Right? And man, how many times do we embolden ourselves and lay a hold of sin and we realize how foolish it is? Because all you're doing is you're reserving a place for you in hell when Jesus provided a way out. He's provided a way out. He has provided us heaven. Heaven's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. There's going to be mansions for all of us. I remember my, my wife and I first got married. We stayed in the smallest apartment known to mankind. And there were people above us and below us. And every time I walked across the floor, the guy would run upstairs and yell at us, will you calm down? I'm like, I just walked across the floor. What's wrong with you? And it was such a small place. But when we get to heaven, man, the mansion that awaits us, right? We're talking a huge home with many rooms. Jesus even said that. I go to prepare a place for you. Wow. I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that awesome? And so by dying on the cross, he delivered us from sin. He has made a way for you. He has made a way for me. As a matter of fact, Jesus was the anti-Adam. He was the opposite of Adam. Adam, when he took a bite of the fruit, he was thinking about himself. He was thinking about, you know, he totally himself was self. He was being selfish, being self-consumed. He says, oh, I don't want to lose my wife. I, 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 and then you would think that that was being, being a heroic, but it wasn't. He was being selfish. He, he allowed that situation to dominate his decision-making. He didn't serve the Father. He instead served humanity. And in doing so, it calls all of humanity to come down. In Romans chapter 5, verses 18 through 21, it says this, Therefore, as the one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. In other words, Jesus came to undo the sin and the offense of Adam. He undid it just for you. He was the anti-Adam. He was not rebellious to God. He was humble before God. Verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Hallelujah. Think about that for a moment. 
you have been made righteous. Man, isn't that cool? You've been made clean. Isn't that great? I remember when I was, when I was growing up, there are many times that I came into the house full of mud or full of, you know, being outside playing. Kids really today don't go out and play that much, but I was always outside and we were in the woods. I'd go play down by the creek and in this creek there was this, uh, these animals called water moccasins and we would play with the water moccasins and those are actually snakes. I don't know why we did play with the snakes, but that's just what we did. We'd grab them by the tail even though they could bite you and my mom probably shouldn't hear that I did this, but I did it. We would play, we'd whip them around and, and just, it was just fun. That's what we did. But I would always come home, buddy, and the first thing that my mom would say is, go take a shower and get clean for dinner. You guys remember that coming in? See, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how offensive your life is. It doesn't matter what you have done in all your life. It doesn't matter what's been done with you or to you. God has forgiven you. Through the blood of his, of his salvation, through the, the blood of the cross, you've been made righteous. Moreover, verse 20, moreover the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, listen to this, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, you've been healed. God has delivered you. So many people in this world think that they're not worthy. They, I, I even had a conversation with somebody this week, which is, well, I, I've got to clean myself before I come to church. I, I've got to get things right before I come to church. I'm going to go and tell you that will never happen. That you will never get cleaned up to come to church. You just need to come to church. Amen? God will take care of the rest. All right? God will take care of the rest. We don't have the ability to clean ourselves. We don't have that ability. There's nothing that you can do to get right with God. Amen? Don't let that be a reason for not coming to church or coming to the Lord. Know that He will wash you white as snow. He has made you righteous when you give yourself to Him. He's the one who suffered and died so that we may not be enemies to God. Listen to what he says in verse 10, Romans 5. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Man, isn't that great? We're reconciled to God. Through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If you listen to people out there today, they will tell you, they will tell you that there's many ways to God, many paths to God, that you don't have to go to church. You can do whatever you want. You can, you can uh, serve God in this capacity or serve God in this capacity. Let me tell you, there's only one way to God, and his, is that's through his son. His son's name is Jesus. Because Jesus' death reconciled us to God. I want you to hear me this morning. You can't, a lot of people out there say, well, pastor, I'm a good person. No, you're not. You have fallen short of the glory of God because of your sin. The only way to get to God is through his cross, through his son, Jesus. That's the only way to God. 
That's the only way to God is through his son. Do not be lied to. Do not be deceived. There is only one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. He is the way, the truth, and the life this morning. There's only one path to God. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. It is because of his cross, because of the cross, and because of he undid the sin and the shame and all those things that we now can be reconciled to God. We can now enjoy heaven. Now we can now go to heaven. We can now see God one day. Is anybody anxious to see what God looks like? I am. A lot of people say, when I get to heaven, I got a lot of questions for God. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to have any questions. We're just going to be in awe of his beauty. Amen. You're going to look at him and you're just going to be so amazed because we have this image of God being an old grandpa with white hair, don't we? we that's the image that we get. Every time you see God in the movies or on paintings, he looks like he's in 80-year-old man with white flowing hair in a row. I, God probably doesn't look like that at all. We don't know what he looks like. Probably not. <laughs> probably not Morgan Freeman. We, we don't know what color he is, right? I guarantee you he's not white. Guarantee you he's not brown. Right? We don't know what color. It's probably some new color. I don't know. We don't, we don't need to, to, to make God into something that we're comfortable with. We need to become comfortable with God just because he's God. Amen? You know, and let, let me just say this right here, okay? This time of year, people, people like to have their version of Jesus, whether he be black, white, brown, whatever. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus was a Jew, and he lived in the Middle East, so he was probably dark brown, okay? We don't need to make Jesus into our image. We need to be in his image, Okay? Why in the world Christians get so upset about what color just Jesus is just hurts my brain. Like people are getting on news media and complaining and saying, oh, my Jesus is this. No, he's not. My Jesus is loving. My Jesus is compassionate. My Jesus loves everybody. From, from the Native American to the white person to the Haitian to the black person, he loves everybody, Right? We don't, we don't need to make Jesus into something he's not. My Jesus went to the cross and died for me. Amen. He died for you. He bled and died so that you may be free from the curse of sin and death. Praise God. He is there for us this morning. Amen. Let's not worry. Let's not worry about what his image is. As a matter of fact, we don't need to worry about images in the first place. We just need to worship the God in creation and understand that he loves us and cares for us this morning. Amen. Praise be to God from whom all blessings flow. Verse 21, Colossians 1. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In other words, what he's trying to do, because we can never be holy and blameless on our own, is he has made us holy and blameless. The only example I can give you 
Moms and grandmas, you understand this, right? When you look at your child, you see perfection, don't you? No matter how much they've messed up, no matter how bad they are, you see perfection, don't you? You do. My wife looks at my kids and, they, and, and she knows they can do wrong. But in her eyes, you better not talk about her kids because she will, well, she'll whoop up on you. She'll become mama bear, right? My mom, if you ever talked about me, she becomes mama bear. I have to tell her sometimes, mom, I can fight my own battles, okay? Right? Moms, are you like that? If we're like that as moms and dads, and dads were like that too, imagine how much a loving father is. Now, some of you don't understand what a loving father is. Well, then you need to get to know God because he can be that father you've never had. He loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you, to redeem you, and to make you whole, holy and blameless. Amen? What is our response? We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What this means is that we have been reconciled to God. We can now have a relationship with him. We were enemies, but now we're friends. That's important. We're friends, but the only way we're friends is through his son, Jesus. Now this becomes our job. Now we need to take what's been done for us and tell others. Now, here's a problem in the church today. And churches kind of help set this up. Because we've treated churches like a professional organization. And what that means is that we want you to come in. We want you to pray and give and sit there while we preach to you, and then go home. The problem with that is that's not scriptural. That's not biblical. You know what your job is or my job? Your job is to come in. My job is to equip you, according to Ephesians chapter 5. My job is to equip you so that you go out. Are you hearing me? My job is to equip you so that you go out. What happens is, is that we've forgotten that we have to also take what we've been given and give it to somebody else. Amen? We need to give it to somebody else. This is why I want you to understand the concept of giving, because God has given you money, and now you need to give that money back to God. Amen? When God has given you a talent, God has given you grace, God has given you blessing, you need to take that and give it to somebody else. Amen? You can't hold on to it. You can't hold on to it. Because you know what happens when you hold on to something? That's why people in church become grumpy. Because they come into church and expect the pastor to cater to them. Come on now. They expect the pastor to cater to them. They expect the pastor to do everything for them. And we've gotten it backwards. Listen, you're not here to take care of me. We're here to worship the Almighty God. Amen? We're here to worship the Almighty God. And, and then, 
You take that little nugget that's been given to you, not because of anything that I've said, but whatever I'm saying right now that God is now putting into your heart, you take that, you go find somebody and say, hey, let me tell you what God did in my life today. It's called the word of our testimony, amen? You are to take what's been given to you, and you are to go out and find somebody and reconcile them to God, amen? Don't be afraid. Speak the word. Well, well, pastor, if I do that, they won't listen to me. They, they won't listen to me. Well, first of all, you don't know that until you try it. Did you know that? And even if they don't listen to you, what you don't realize is that you just planted a seed that God's going to take care of. God's going to take care of that seed. You just plant that seed, amen? You just plant that seed and let God grow it, amen? And I'm going to tell you, you're going to watch them come to church one day. You're going to watch them in the altar. You're going to watch God do this amazing thing because we need to take what we've been given and share it with a dying world, amen? amen. See, here's the thing is, that you, well, pastor, that's your job. Actually, it's not. My job is to equip you, to edify you. Our job. You see, I'm only one person. I don't go to your work with you. I don't go to the state of Alaska. I don't go to uh, the coffee shops. I don't, I mean, I do go to the coffee shops, but I don't work there. Actually, the coffee shops know me by name. Amen. I don't, I don't go where you go to work, but you know, you know who does? You. People have relationships with you. That's why you take what you've been given and share it. Amen. Share it with everybody. Share it with whoever you can. And I promise you, even if they laugh at you, it's not personal. They're laughing at God. Share what you have. Share it with somebody. Go into the world. Go into all the world and proclaim what he's done for you. Amen? Proclaim what he's done for you. As a matter of fact, he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. You know what that word implore means? We beg you. We beg you. Be reconciled to God. Amen? Get a relationship with God. Don't be stuck in that thing that you're doing, that thing that's bringing you hurt, that thing that's bringing you pain. As an ambassador, we represent him, not ourselves. Brothers and sisters, let us reach others for him. If you would just tell one person a week about God, you'd be amazed at the change that happens in your life and their lives. This next part is going to be a little rough, but it needs to be said. What we need to do now that we know what God has done for us through the death of Jesus on the cross, we need to stop sinning. I'm going to say that one more time. We need to stop sinning. John talks about a story where Jesus said this to a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So let me, let me say some things here, and this, this may cause some hurt or pain. A lot of people actually accuse me of 
preaching directly at them, like I'm mad at them. And I want to be clear to you. I don't know your story. I don't know what you're going through. I'm telling you what God has told me to say, okay? Everybody understand that? People in this world think that adultery is okay. People in this world think that sex outside of marriage is okay. People think that relationships with men while they're men or women with women is okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you it's not. Okay? It's not. I don't have time to get into all the reasons why, but I want you to understand what sin is. We need to stop sinning. If you're gambling, quit gambling. If you're drinking, quit drinking, okay? If you're doing things you know you're not supposed to do, don't do it. Just don't do it. doesn't mean you're not going to mess up sometimes. If you're in a certain lifestyle, it's hard to get out of that lifestyle sometimes. And God gives grace. But the Bible specifically says, stop sinning. Stop sinning. If you want your life to be blessed, stop sinning. And somewhere along the way, churches have stopped saying that. Have you noticed that? Somewhere along the way, churches have, have stopped saying that, that you need to quit sinning and that everybody's okay. We just want you to fill the seats. Listen, I'm going to preach the word of God until I die. And if that means this church is empty, so be it. I'm going to tell you once and for all, we need to stop sinning in the house of God. You need to stop sinning in your life. Amen. This is what the Bible defines as sin. He says, for those who do something wrong and they know it's wrong, it's a sin. See, sometimes people come at me and say, well, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible that I shouldn't do it. Listen, we need to have some common sense here, right? We need to have some common sense. The Bible was written over 2,000 years ago. There's a lot of things it's not going to specifically mention, okay? But we need to have some common sense in the house of God and realize there are things that are bad for us. There's things that have long-lasting effects, and we need to stop doing it, amen? amen? To the adulterer, woman committing adultery, he said this, verse 10, John chapter 8, and saw no one but the woman. He said to her, women, woman, excuse me, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? See, that's what some of you are going through today is everybody's condemning you and everyone's accusing you. She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Listen to this. Go and sin no more. See, when you come to Jesus, he forgives you of the sin, but he also says, quit sinning. Amen? Quit sinning. He says, I forgive you, but don't do it again. How many times did your parents do that to you? Don't do it again. Don't mess up. But, if, but you know what? If you do mess up, all you got to do is just come back to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, with a repentant heart, and he'll forgive you. Some people believe that Christ's death on the cross forgives us of all sins, both future and present, and that's not true. It says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 4 says this, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? In other words, when you gave your life to Jesus, you died to sin. That means that lifestyle is not us anymore. Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. As they begin, some music for me, please. Brothers and sisters, Christ did something amazing for you. He delivered you from pain. He delivered you from shame. He delivered you from all that. And he reconciled you to God. He reconciled you to God. I will tell you, it says this in 1 John, if you sin, if you sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, never before in the history of mankind has the person who was offended paid the price for the one who offended. God paid the price for us. You know why? Because he loves us. He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I think it was either Friday morning or Saturday morning. Some of you may know about this. You may know the person. Around 3 a.m., a car going down Egan Drive crashed. They haven't released the name yet, but you may know who it is. And the occupants were, the, the news article said they were thrown out of the window. One died. I'm not here to make judgment on that person. I'm just trying to make a point with you. We don't know when our time is up. We don't know. It could happen on the way home today. We need to get it right with God now. We need to get it right with God today. This moment. This moment is for you. You've heard the story of the guy who was he was living in Louisiana, and it was flooding, like it does in Louisiana. It was flooding, and, the Lord, and he looked at the Lord and prayed. He says, I, I, need you to, I need you to rescue me. I need, you to, I need you to rescue me. And so a boat came by and said, hey, I'm here to carry you to safety. He goes, no, no, no. The Lord said, I, I pray to the Lord. He's going to rescue me. And then a helicopter came by and tried to rescue me. He goes, oh, no, no. The Lord is going to rescue me. And eventually the guy drowned, and, and he goes to heaven. And, and, and he says, well, Lord, how come you didn't rescue me? And, the, and God says, I sent you a boat and a helicopter. What more do you want? That's a funny story. But how many times has God been reaching out to you? How many God times? And I don't think we're going to get the opportunity to go to heaven if we don't respond to him in a positive way. How many times has God reached out to you and said, come to me? Come. I love these words that he says, come home. Come home. I don't care what you've done. Come home. 
Come home. Come home. If you come home, there's no judgment here. We're not going to beat you up. We're not going to yell at you. We're going to say welcome. listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.